From MediGuild, this is Tea Brief. We're Bells, Nikki, and Noah. I could see you wanting to be Turk. I wish I was as cool enough to be Turk. Which TV doctor did you get on our quiz? <laughs> I got Elliot. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Three medical students who debrief over our week of placement over a nice cup of tea. Today, we're drinking a lovely cup of rooibos. What are our initial thoughts? It's all right. Really? That's all you've got? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not your favorite. <laughs> no, I... What was the first tea that we drank again? English breakfast. No, it was um, Gorgeous Geisha. Oh, it was Gorgeous Geisha, yeah. T2's Gorgeous Geisha. How could we forget? Oh, yeah, T- T2's Gorgeous Geisha. Please sponsor us. Um, I think I like this tea the same amount as I like Gorgeous Geisha. It's quite smooth, but that's about the extent of how I'd rate it because I don't think it's terribly sweet. I feel like this isn't the first time I've had it before. Um, It's kind of homely. I don't know. Warming. I agree. It reminds me of a campfire. Like, I think there's a nice smokiness to it. And it's quite sweet. So together, I feel like it's almost a small, but it's tea. (laughs) I think it'd be a good tea to have when you're sitting in front of a campfire on a very cold night, like it is in Melbourne today. And just exchanging stories, like what we're about to do, segueing in, what's everyone done this week? (laughs) Well, thanks for doing my job. (laughs) But yes, like Ellie said, how's everyone been? (laughs) I've been good. I've just had a whole week of conference. So the UniMelb conference. Ooh, tell us about that. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I organized two sympo- academic symposia on a day, which was good. We had a lot of speakers. What was the academic symposium that you were organizing about? Oh, okay. So we had two. Um, the first one was Stakes, Stones and Stigma, the history of mental health. Mm. Um, and the second one was uh, contra- Contraception, Conception and Controversy, the history of women's health. Ooh, that sounds so cool. What was um, the first one about? Who spoke? Um, so we had Dr. Skykinder. Yeah. She's amazing. Dr. Kieran Allen um, and Dr. Prof- oh, not Dr. Professor Catherine Colvin. That sounds very cool. Wait, so when you said stakes, stones and stigma, we're talking about like putting someone like on a stake as opposed to like the meaty meal. Yeah. Okay. I was very confused at first. It's just like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Pretty good. Um, I started my general medicine rotation after I'd come back from rural, sat exams, had one week of holidays and been thrown right back into it. (laughs) But it's been really good. My team's great and I feel like there is a lot to learn and do before OSCEs at the end of semester. So I'm just trying to soak it all up right now. Yeah, well, if you start like prepping for it now, you should be all right. Prepping it now because your OSCEs will be in around what, October, November? Yeah. That's and it's July now. Yeah. Just like weekly practice and you'll be A-OK. Well, the key in your phrase there was if you start preparing for it now. So If. Check, check back in in a couple months and see if I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you going, Ellie? Not too bad. I just started with um, my ED rotation, which has been quite a lot of fun. Um, it's very full on, but I do appreciate every moment to it because... I think it's the culmination of everything you kind of learn in medical school because you do need to do those initial assessments of like seeing people, taking the history, doing the exam, taking the vitals, going to your supervisor with a plan and like presenting the patient to them. 
saying what you think is going to happen, and then working with them to actually get their management going. So in this past week, I worked up one DVT patient, one um, lady presenting with chest pain, um, as well as some other stuff as well, and just so many cannulas. Oh, what a good time. Yeah, it's been very good. I've been enjoying myself. Very full on. Love that. I, I put I put one cannula in um, on this rotation and then I had a bit of confidence and so obviously I had to fail the second one. <laughs> Just as a reality check. I mean you didn't you're not a med student unless you failed a cannula. Yeah, that's true. It just reminds you to be humble, I think. Oh <laughs> uh, so today I actually was wondering, I thought it would be a good idea if we talked about like, you know, what brought us here, what brought us to med, our origins, if you may. <laughs> Um, <laughs> debrief origins starring Hugh Jackman <laughs> debrief origins <laughs> how cool would it be though if we actually got him in well just quickly while we're on this tangent which celebrity would star you in your origin movie oh that's really hard I mean I get Miles Teller fella, oh, Miles Teller quite a fair bit I, re- I get that I get that with you I write that thanks <laughs> I reckon I'd probably get like Mindy Kaling to be me. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be so good. And she's an absolute queen. She's already a doctor on her show, the, the Mindy Project. So, I mean, she's halfway there. Noah, have you seen The Boys? Yes, I have seen The Boys. Season two of The Boys? Uh, yes, I have. The person that plays Stormfront? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, the irony. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take. We don't want to go into spoilers. Let's not go into spoilers. But I'm Jewish and Stormfront is definitely not Jewish. She's Jewish in real life, I think. I think so. Mm. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Good enough. (laughs) Swiftly. Uh, So what inspired you guys to start on this extremely long, perilous journey? It's just nuts that we're talking about starting off on our perilous journeys and I'm nearly at the end of med school, so it's all very surreal how it's all come together. Um, at least for me, I always wanted to be Superman, and clearly I wasn't Superman. But I think there was something about um, wanting to help other people, which was which I resonated with quite a fair bit. And then I got introduced to Scrubs, like the TV series, and I think there was a bit of a part of me that wanted to be JD. A classic. Um, not anymore. I'm rewatching Scrubs now. <laughs> It's just like really, no. I see you. I was like, I could see you wanting to be Turk. More I wish you. I was as cool enough to be Turk. Which TV doctor did you get on our quiz? <laughs> I got Elliot <laughs> twice. <laughs> That's tragic. <laughs> For context, at Medikill, oh. we have a um, a quiz that I think we all made um, about like which TV doctor are you? You should check it out on our website. <laughs> yeah, check it out on the website. Yeah. Um, anywho, back to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the initial inspiration. And I remember saying that to someone, I think, in year seven. And they were, like, saying, oh, it's so long. Stu- it's, like, it just takes so many years of study. You'll be studying all your life. And little did he know that was actually extremely true. And here we are 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> so you went in a bit blind is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what I was I didn't really understand or appreciate the dedication involved with the actual career or like getting into medical school in the first place. But I have no regrets about it. Does anyone? I feel like I was pretty naive even un- 
until MD1, um, until I hit the hospitals, I didn't really have any grasp of what was ahead of me for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, I resonate with that. Yeah, I think that as well. I definitely, as a high school student, got caught up in the glamour of like being a doctor, according to what I saw on TV. And I didn't have much of an idea. But in saying that, I think my inspiration was, it, it came from like a very sort of real place that I still resonate with and I still believe. Um, well, firstly, hang on, before I get to that part, <laughs> for my interviews for high school, so I was in year six and I had to interview to get into year seven. What? <laughs> yes, <laughs> private girl schools. <laughs> um, and they asked me, they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because what else do you ask a student who's like 10 years old? And out of the blue, my parents were in this interview room as well because parents had to be there. And out of the blue, I just said sports medicine doctor purely because I wanted to be the doctor for my AFL team, the Geelong Cats, obviously. Are you a Geelong fan? I, I am a Geelong fan, mm. massive. It's a bit of a tragic year, but that's a good story. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I don't know where that came from. I genuinely don't understand where I heard that and I knew that term, but I just thought it'd be super cool. Little did I know that I'd get into med school and hate everything about the musculoskeletal system. <laughs> and fractures. Can't deal with fractures, especially when they're open. So that's out of the play. That just reminded me of two fractures that I helped reduce this week. It was just such a cool, like, satisfying sensation when they clicked it back in. And, like, you're holding What's onto it? the arm and you feel the click. What's it like not vomiting when you do that? Yeah, I've got, like, goosebumps just sitting here listening to you say that. Like... Everyone was very calm in the room. The first patient we had that morning was just high on gas. So it was just like, Bells, lean back. We're going to pull. We're going to stretch this out. And then I was just like doing my best to breathe, be mindful, and just like <laughs> yeah. moving on. I feel like the like internal dialogue in my head would be like, no, 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 uh, yes. <laughs> but yeah. And I've done enough things which have freaked me out in med school to kind of be a bit okay with that. So, like, you'll find this out soon enough, um, Noah, when you go in to do, like, C-sections for the first time. Like, I remember being freaked out, like, during the first one I saw. It was just like, there's a baby now. Oh, I am I'm excited. I am I'm ready for this. Why are they great? The babies are great. Not breathing. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Look at the umbilical cord. They don't need to breathe. I don't think that explains why they're great, though. <laughs> Okay, where were we? That's true. <laughs> 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 yes, back to my story. Yes, so that was like my first encounter with medicine, sort of put that on the horizon for me. And so when I went to high school and I think I went and visited my dad's work, um, he's an engineer, nothing to do with medicine. And I saw him work for a few hours. And after that, I got into the car with him and I must have been about... 13 or 14. And I just said to him, I was like, I never want to do a nine to five desk job. I can't do it. And he laughed at me and he said, you say that now, but that's probably what you're going to be doing after. <laughs> You'll find something you like doing at a desk. And I was like, no, nah, don't believe it. I can't do it. And I think I've held on to that. Yeah. And I've held on to that even now. Love that for you. I remember I was also working with my dad um, in his lab uh, so they're dental technicians, so they work to make crowns and dentures and implants and all that stuff. And I was just doing part of that work, and it's just like, this is nice, but it's not for me. I think for me, like, I wanted... My mom had all these, like, medical textbooks, so she couldn't practice in Australia. Um, but she had all these medical mm -hmm. textbooks, 
And in fact, there was one, there was an obstetrics textbook. So that's clearly where my love has come from. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, she uh, very much groomed me into wanting to be an obstetrician. Um, but yeah, I remember flicking through those. And I remember for a long time thinking I wanted to be a marine biologist like my dad. And then I remember thinking, I don't want to deal with fish. <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> A, a key part of marine biology. Um, so clearly medicine was just the natural secondary. Well, if I can't deal with the fish, then we'll go straight for the people. Um, but yeah, I think I was one of those people that always knew that I wanted to be medicine. Um, I kind of grew up with that idea, uh, worked through it in high school. Um, I'm originally from WA, but I actually applied for um, Monash, like the undergraduate Monash program. Obviously didn't get in, um, but yeah, did my undergrad with basically medicine on the horizon. That's so cool. Literally the same. I was always very keen to do medicine in high school, so I was prepping for that in like years 10, 11, 12. I was doing all the uh, VCE units required for it, and I was remembered loving health and human development, and I thought that was just so groovy, as well as PE12, which had a fair amount of anatomy, which I enjoyed as well, which kind of validated my desire and my drive to do medicine. And then I also applied for the Monash undergrad stream and I didn't get in there, uh, which was a very big bummer. I was so devastated. And then I got my fifth preference, which was like biomedical science. What the hell's that? <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I spent my entire high school years thinking, I want to do biomed, even though I said sports medicine in year seven just to get into the school. <laughs> I thought I want to be a scientist and I was convinced of it. And then my university guidance counselor at high school, sh she said to me, she was like, I don't think you could be a scientist. And I was like, why not? And she's like, you need to be a doctor. And I was like, no, I don't. I've, I do not want to do that. <laughs> and she was like, I think you should just think about it. Like, it, there's no harm in applying. And so I was like, all right, I'll think about it. Not intending to. And then... I was looking at like biomed summer programs and things like that because I was actually in an international school. So I was applying, planning on applying to the US and the UK with all my friends. And I was just like, medicine is too long. And then I talked to the one doctor in my family, my uncle, who's an endocrinologist in the UK. And he mm. was like, look, before you rule it out, just come and do some work experience with me. And I think I was in year 10 when this was the plan. So I said, fine, I'll do that. I get to go to the UK and stay with my family, which is nice. <laughs> and so got a holiday out of it too. And I spent most of the time with his junior doctors on the team um, because he's he was a consultant. He's in meetings. It's not as exciting <laughs> for a student in high school. And what I noticed was that these guys were drowning in paperwork as these junior doctors. Most of their job was just paperwork. But I was absolutely hooked onto the job. And I was like, well... Anything I do in my career is going to be paperwork. I may as well do it for something I love doing and I'll be happy to drown in it. Actually, I had also in year 10, actually, um, I went to France. Um, we were with family friends in France and we were staying with um, this family and the, the mom and the dad were a pathologist and a oncologist surgeon, which I'm, it's a little bit different in France, but oncologists are also surgeons. Um, and he oh, wow. let me come in to see a double mastectomy. Mm. And so, yeah, and he, he basically did it in front of me. I was standing r pretty much right over the drape. 
Um, and then he, <laughs> he really shouldn't have done this, but he handed me like a little, um, what is that called? Little stick thing that you prod nerves, nerves with. <laughs> he handed me a little, little stick thing. <laughs> stick. <laughs> Just so you guys know, we're in our final years of medicine. Oh my God, what is that called? It's not a scalpel, is it? With a sound knowledge. It's not a sound either. Yeah, I'm not a fan of surgery. I didn't bother trying to remember most of the equipment. Surely you would have done like dissections or using dissections. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, he let me basically prod the nerve um, and yeah, see her chest twitch, which was really interesting as a year 10 student. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was fascinated. I was absolutely fascinated. Did you get consent beforehand? Yes. Okay. Yes, she knew. She knew I was there. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I was. It was not some random <laughs> student. Um, yeah. In fact, I actually met that patient afterwards after she recovered um, again, and we spoke quite a lot. Um, I don't speak French, so it was <laughs> an interesting conversation. But nonetheless, it kind of yeah definitely pushed me towards medicine a lot more. That's so cool. How did you guys go with, like, UMAT, application process, GAMSA, all of that? I feel like it's absolute heartbreak <sighs> for so many of us. At least for me. Um, I kept on getting good enough grades to, like, go to the next step, but it was always at the interviews that I would fall flat. So in year 12, like, mm. UMAT was good enough to get an interview at Monash, and I did the interviews at Monash, and that was it. Um, then in Monash undergrad, they in, in Monash Biomed, they used to have this thing. I don't know if it's still like how it is or how it was then. Um, in biomed, you could apply for 50 spots for guaranteed entry into postgraduate medicine. Um, so you needed a certain WAM for that, which I just got. Did the interviews as well as a situational judgment test. And then I didn't get in then, which was in my second year, which was like another big heartbreak for me. I remember seeing this one Tumblr post um, with Captain Jean-Luc Picard, so Sir Patrick Stewart, um, with a little quote, just, hear me out. <laughs> it's a nice little quote. For those of you that can't see Noah, she's laughing at bells right now. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Uh, the quote goes along the lines of, um, you can still make no mistakes and still lose. That's not failure, that's just life, uh, which I used to kind of get me through lots of very just sad times. Um, then did the GAMSAT, sat it twice, um, had an interview at Deakin, didn't get there, which was another heartbreak, and then got another email from Monash like saying, you still haven't got in. So I was just like very tested at this point in time, despite the fact that I was slowly getting um, academically better over time. Um, so I just remember applying for the GAMSAT for the third and final time. And I was just, I was so exhausted thinking about trying to prepare for it. And I just genuinely hated the GAMSAT so much. I think I had a series of like three separate panic attacks during the second time I was doing it for like sections one and two. So like it was emotionally exhausting. Um, thankfully, I got in somewhere, which was great. And like I got my offer two weeks before classes started. So I just like picked yeah. up my things and moved. Um, Amazing. I'm glad that story had a happy ending. Yeah, and that's three and a half years ago now. Almost a doctor. Almost a doctor. We find out about jobs next week. Woo! <gasps> that's so exciting. Stay tuned for the next episode. Find out where <laughs> Bell may be. But we probably won't tell you, so mm, sorry. 
Noah, what about you? Um, yeah, so I also did the UMAT. I actually scored really well in the UMAT, but I... <laughs> so at the time when I was in WA, there was no undergraduate medical course, so curtain med didn't exist. Um, and so I did the UMAT basically intending to go to Monash, so moved to WA, uh, from WA to Vic. Um, but my ATAR never got sent to VTAC. What? What? It was my mistake. Yeah, <laughs> I, there were, some of the details are wrong. Um, so it actually never got sent um, from TISC, which is a WA version of VTAC, oh um, to VTAC. So I never actually heard back from them. I didn't even get an email or anything saying I didn't get in. It was just radio silence. That is um, so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did my undergrad at UWA, um, Bachelor of Biomed, like everyone else, but with uh, focus on reproductive physiology. Um, and then I sat GAMSAT twice, so in my second and third year, and I got exactly the same score. <laughs> <laughs> did you improve in any other different sections, or was oh, it my, just... Oh, my section two and three swapped. Nice. But because Melbourne weights them all the same, it actually didn't change my score in the end. Hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty pretty disappointing. Um, but you still got into UniMelb. I did still get into UniMelb. Everything's fine in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe yeah. it happened for a reason. Maybe, maybe. But actually, UWA was my first preference. But I was applying at the time where they've just introduced the medical science course. Um, and, yeah, I didn't get in because they'd cut down the postgraduate spots. But got into my second preference. So here we are. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> For me, I am a postgrad like you guys, but I had a different set of like heartbreak and rejection. So when I applied to the UK, I got rejected from most of the universities and I had even traveled there a second time um, for interviews. Um, and I sat some really tough ones and I didn't get offers from them. I did get one offer from Birmingham though, which is where my uncle is. And I thought that's great. But then thinking about international student fees was just not an option for us at the time. And so I actually turned down my one offer and I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to risk it and apply to Australia and hope I get something. And so I actually had a sort of a six month gap year, um, well, gap six months from when I finished high school in May to when uni started the following year. So I actually had my grades from the end of the year. So I knew what I'd gotten and I had to sit the UMAT in September, I think. So I flew to Singapore to sit it. I was in China. I was living in China. So I flew to Singapore to sit it. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Pause. Whoa. We Backtrack. To, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was an international student in China for five years and I finished high school there. I thought you were an international student in Australia. Oh, no. Sorry. I know this is an origin story. I guess I didn't explain that very well. <laughs> no. So, so when you said you did an interview for a private girls' school, which country was that in? That was in Australia. And then okay. end of year eight, before I finished... I moved to China with my family. Right. Yes, for my dad's work. And then we were there and I finished high school there. So that's where all the debate with the university counsellor happened. And that's okay. why I was applying to the US and the UK because all my friends were. So I was just like, oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. I so now. now we can come <laughs> fast forward again <laughs> back to... So I never actually prepped for the UMAT. Um, I did one and a half of the sample papers, the free ones that Acer gave. <laughs> and I just sat it because I was, I was sitting my like final exams around the same time for the IB. So I just was focused on that. And I was like, look, I'm just going to give it a go, see what happens. So I went to Singapore, I sat it. 
And I ended up just making the cutoff for most of the med schools with the school. And then I applied all over the Australia, but I didn't have any support in applying for Australia. Like I had no idea how to go about like the separate applications for like JCU and I think UNSW as well. It was just a confusing time, but I tried. I don't think I ever wrote my JCU application correctly. Like I, <laughs> I had no idea what that was about. Um, and then I got rejected from all of them. Oh, I sat the interview at Monash. I did that, but I didn't know what an MMI was. So that was fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, rejected from all of them, oh, except UQ. So I took that offer and I ran with it. Wait, so how does your course work? Oh, so I got um, provisional entry at UQ. So I just had to pick one undergrad degree and I was guaranteed a spot in med as long as I maintained a certain GPA through my undergrad and finished in minimum time. Nice. So yeah, I picked biomed um, and I am very glad that my high school self did not get her way and did not decide to pursue a career in biomedicine because it is not for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was getting very close to considering a career in not necessarily biomedical science, but um, I was nearly about to start my honours in psychiatry at the Monash Alfred Psychiatry Research Centre because that was my backup. So, like, I had a supervisor ready, like, I was about to start the project and then I got my call two weeks before classes started. So, like, I had to pack up everything and just, like, really change directions. So I just felt very bad when I went into, like, the office and said, this has been fun. Goodbye. <laughs> MD1 in Monash is uh, it's rural, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I was rural for two years. So how was that, having two weeks' notice to pack up and move? Like, I was so happy that I got the offer. Um, I found out on my last week of my summer job before I was going to go to New Zealand to help my best friend move in because he was starting at a drama school. So I had to cancel those flights. And then after an hour of sobbing in the car, um, I called one of my good mates um, and asked her, like, what do I need to do? And she was just very helpful in getting everything organized. It wasn't that bad moving or like rechanging everything in two weeks. It was just like a bit of an unknown. But once that was, once everything was sorted, it was very chill. Yeah. I don't know how it was for you, just like picking up and going off to another state. I had a month and a half notice. So um, I had a lot of time to basically sort out all my stuff, um, say my goodbyes and move over. Um, finding a house though, that was really difficult. So like I probably, I found, I still didn't have an apartment when I moved to Melbourne and I was staying, I was basically couch surfing for the first six weeks of MD1 until me and another MD1 found an apartment together. Stressful. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> that is very but stressful. Yeah, now, now I live in a house right next to the hospital I'm at, which is beautiful. Imagine doing MD1 and not having any house security at that point. That's no. That That's uh, for another podcast episode. <laughs> um, why med schools decide they can just chuck content at you in the first minute? <laughs> not even that. It's just like, wait, you guys haven't read the material? <laughs> I remember going to my first anatomy tutorial and all the 60, 70-year-old anatomists were like going, why aren't you familiar with the brachial plexus from like front to back? And it's just like, I don't even understand what's happening. <laughs> See, it's really funny you say that because um, I did anatomy in undergrad and I still got asked that same question after I did Oh, I did anatomy as well. I had no idea. <laughs> same. <laughs> Not my thing. Uh, but, you know, all's well that ends well. Here we are now. Um, where yeah, are we now? Origin story. 
Where are we now? I'm an MD3 about to start my women's rotation. I'm an MD4. I find out about where I do internship next week. Very exciting. And I'm an MD3 on my gen med rotation for the next eight weeks. But yeah, it's it's a good time and I'm loving life. It's busy, but I get to do this podcast with two very cool people, so I really can't complain. No, this is also one of the highlights of my week. So me and Noah came into the studio and Rachel, the producer, also came in and she brought us baked goods which we can't share with you, Nikki. Yeah, um, if anyone hasn't picked up, I'm in Brisbane, they're in Melbourne. It's kind of sad. <laughs> the intense FOMO is palpable across the computers. <laughs> well, you guys have to eat it for me, so that would be all you can do. <laughs> well, thanks for this chat, guys. I feel like this is something that we've wanted to sort of talk about because it's a story that a lot of people trying to get into med for all these years relate to, and so... We yeah, I feel very sorry for anyone in the struggle of trying to get into med. Um, I wish them all the best. Like, it's a tough ride, and I feel like it's getting tougher every year because everything's just getting more competitive, and all the universities are just, like, increasing the amount of spots in, like, the pre-med degrees that they have. So it just mm. does not look like a fun time. Yeah, I, f- I fully relate to that. Like, yeah. I have friends that I've been trying to get in for, like, five or six years, um, and they're still doing the hard slog, but... um. Yeah, I mean, this is... the Yeah, I think the thing is, like, we feel for you guys if you're listening to this and this is something that you really want, but I think I genuinely do believe that if you want something badly enough, there is a way to get it, and I'm sure you will get there. So keep that in mind. Yeah, just keep it up. And worst comes to worst, you can still try and try and try, and it doesn't... And not succeeding isn't a reflection on your ability. It just reflects circumstances. Just, you know, paraphrasing Captain Jean-Luc Picard. No, you can start laughing at me I would now. like to paraphrase Dory <laughs> and just say, just keep swimming. Nice. Oh, yeah. I think just keep swimming is where we'll end this episode at. Thanks for listening, guys. We'd like to acknowledge that our work takes place on the lands of Turbal and Wurundjeri peoples, whose sovereignty was never ceded. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Tea Brief is a production of Medicild, a community of med students and doctors who create resources and opportunities for other med students and doctors. Check out our work and become a member at medicild.com. To keep up to date with Medicild, follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Medicild. And as always, if you like what you heard for whatever reason, don't forget to click that big follow button on Spotify or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow our daily happenings on Instagram at Podcast. We'll be back in your ears in a fortnight. <laughs>